0: Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Uh, We're having some issues with our Facebook feed. Those of you that uh, usually watch on Facebook, um, for some reason, my camera does not seem to want to connect this morning, so we're working on it. Uh, Bear with us uh, as uh, we try to get that figured out during the course of the show. Hopefully we can get it up and going here very soon. Um, of course, it's uh, it's hard to do when i got to talk and try to do the technical stuff all at the same time. But we'll do our best. We'll do our best. So hang with us. Um, well, uh, I thought I was going to be a happy camper doing this show this morning, watching the Red Sox game yesterday. Uh, and they look great. You know, I mean... Uh, uh, they got an incredible pitching performance from Garrett Whitlock yesterday. Uh, if, if there were any doubts that Garrett Whitlock needs to be a starter for this Boston Red Sox team, that was put to rest yesterday. Uh, you know, you, can, uh, you, you could look at his other starts and say, well, You know, uh, small sample size, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he's still better off out of the bullpen working multiple innings. No. If they don't have him in the rotation, uh, they are foolish. He has got to start, he has got to be in that rotation every fifth day. Uh, Frankly, the way he's pitching, he might be the best starter. The Red Sox have. Look, I know Nate has been great. And, you know, everybody's still going to say, well, you know, Chris Sale was your ace. Well, Chris Sale is, you know, obviously we know how fragile he is. Uh, so uh, you can't say that anymore. Even when he comes back, you have no idea what you're going to get out of him. Right now, without a doubt, Garrett Whitlock is the best pitcher on that team. He started out the game yesterday. Striking out the side in the first inning. And that included consecutive strikeouts of Mike Trout and Shohei Otane. He became the first pitcher in Major League Baseball this year to strike out both those guys uh, in the same inning. Look, um, he went five, which was good. They stretched him out a little bit. They let him get up to the uh, over 80 pitch mark. He struck out a career-high nine. He retired the first nine batters he faced. He had a perfect game uh, going into the uh, – through four innings, I believe. I think he went four and a third before he gave up his first hit. And, uh, you know, he ends up giving up a home run, which, you know, was unfortunate. But he bounced right back, didn't let it bother him. And – They had an opportunity to win this game. But the bullpen let them down once again. Austin Davis came out of the bullpen, did a nice job in his first inning, in the sixth inning, gets out of it. He ends up giving up a run um, in the seventh. Strom pitches a scoreless eighth after Xander Bogarts hits a home run in the eighth inning. To put the Red Sox ahead 4-3, to they're three outs away from winning this game. And you're saying to yourself, well, you know, they've been so bad for so long, they can't continue to stink that bad, right? They can't. Wrong. Um, Hansel Robles comes in, gets an out, then walks two straight guys. He walks Trout. He walks Otani. Gets an out. Two outs away. I mean, one out away now. And they go and they get Jake Deekman because Deekman's a left-hander. They've got a left-hander coming up. They think that's the guy to get the out. Jared Walsh coming in uh, up to bat. And... Give Walsh a lot of credit. He put on a good at-bat. I want to say it was a 10-pitch at-bat. The problem is, is that Jake Diekman kept throwing the same damn pitch. He threw seven straight sliders, eight of them in the at-bat. And the last one he threw, he hung. And then Walsh hits it into right field. Run scores, game tied. We go to the bottom of the ninth, Red Sox managed to get a guy on, can't get him in, so we got to go to extra innings. That's when you knew, (laughs) you know, we're in trouble. Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes was terrible yet again, and the Red Sox give up five runs, excuse me, six runs in the tenth inning. A six-run tenth inning. Barnes manages to get two outs, but gives up a bomb. Salamora comes out of the bullpen, gives up a two-run bomb. I mean, it was just gross. Jake Diekman can't find the damn plate. He walked another guy in in his third of an inning. He got, you know, gives up the hit to Walsh. Then he walks a guy. He finally gets out of the inning, and then it's just, I mean, just unbelievable. And look, some of this is a result of what has been happening over the course of the last few weeks when Alex Cora continues to try to play matchups and he'll he's you know look, he's going to ke- he keeps defending this. This is what I've been doing all along he says. But when you're constantly going to your bullpen in the 4th, 5th inning every damn game, You're asking these guys to do more than they should have to do. You're asking them to pitch every game or every other game in high leverage situations. And folks, you know, it isn't like the guys that they have in this bullpen are are a a, uh, a, a group of guys that uh, strike fear into the hearts of men. It's a gross bullpen, as Pete Abraham, uh, or I know actually was it Pete Abraham? Yeah, Pete Abraham called him this morning. I gotta find this. The Heimbloom bag of good values, where Bloom likes to go out and find guys that he thinks people are kind of missing the boat on, and we're gonna we're gonna sign them for you know a little lower than, than than we ordinarily might have to for a top-flight reliever, and that's going to get us through. And make no mistake, people were excited when they saw that Jake Deekman was going to be a part of the Red Sox. They thought that Jake Deekman was going to be a difference maker. Jake Deekman, well, he's been a difference maker, all right, but not in the direction that uh, folks were hoping. Because he continues to struggle. He's appeared in 12 games already. Twelve! He's appeared in almost half the damn games the Red Sox have appeared in. Or have played. And guess what? His walks and hits to innings pitch. 1.73. Ladies and gentlemen, people with 1.73 whips don't pitch in Major League Baseball very often. He's thrown eight and two-thirds innings. Eight and two-thirds innings, he's given up eight hits. But worse than that, he's walked seven guys and he's hit two guys. It's gross. So, you know, what he has given them has been the same every damn game. He stinks. This Red Sox bullpen has had... Twelve save opportunities this year. Guess how many of them they've converted? Five. They have blown more saves than any other team in baseball. The Red Sox are 0 5 in extra inning games because of that bullpen. I mean, look, you, you can we could talk about this till the Cows come home, but the, the numbers don't lie. Matt Barnes, we all know how great he was in the beginning of last year. He was an all-star, and because of that, the Red Sox give him this two-year, $19 million contract extension. They're stuck with him for a while, folks. Last year, in the first half of the year, he had a two-six-eight ERA, a walks and hits to inning pitch of 0.86. And since then, his ERA is 7. Walks and hits to innings pitch is 1.65. His velocity, which was usually 97 to 98, is now somewhere between 93 and 95. He, there's something wrong with him, you know. And I don't know whether it's mechanical or whether it's physical. And you know, and he and he says yesterday, he said, "Well, I've I've been, you know, I've been awful." Let's call the spade a spade. Well, great, you know, you know, it's nice that you're going to uh, to take responsibility. But at the end of the day, you know, he's got to figure this out or the Red Sox got to do something radical. They've got to go out and find an arm. Or two or three. Uh, And look, you know, they're pitching Rich Hill today. Rich Hill doesn't go deep into games, even when he's pitching. Well, they don't let him go deep into games. Well, Jesus, they used everybody yesterday. So you know you're already going to probably have to be into your bullpen in the fifth inning today, and after that mess last night, I mean, good Lord. So, you know, uh, people can try to take responsibility all they want, but at the end of the day, the responsibility rests on Heimblum and this team that he put together. You know, look, you know, and, and here's the deal. They need to do something very, very quickly. And, and where that arm's going to come from, I don't know. And, you know, the problem is now is everybody knows that the Red Sox bullpen's awful. Everybody knows that they're going to be desperate. So, you know, if, if you want to go out and try to get an arm from another team, it's going to cost you eight arms and 12 legs because everybody knows you're desperate. But what I've witnessed in the ninth and 10th inning last night made me sick to my stomach. I went to bed just pissed. You know, and on a night when Xander Bogarts hits a clutch home run and, you know, Trevor Story is hitting the ball well and everything is looking, you know, positive, to have the bullpen blow another one is just painful. Now, Pete Abraham suggests this morning that maybe Tanner Houck needs to be the closer. You know, he's got the velocity. He's got, you know, he's basically a two-pitch pitcher anyway with the fastball and the slider. Maybe he needs to be your closer. Or maybe you need to go out and find one. And I don't know where you're going to get it. You know, you could go, I, I I guess you could call up the Oakland Athletics. They're selling everybody else off. See if you could get Lou Trevino. The problem is, since Trevino came off the COVID list, he's been getting shelled. But they've got to do something. You cannot go to the rest of the season and, and be running out these guys that can't get – Jake Diekman can't continue to, to walk the ballpark and, 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 you know, not be able to find the strike zone. He couldn't find the strike zone yesterday with a compass. And it's been like that all season. You know, and, and here we go. The Red Sox, again, can't win consecutive games. They've got an opportunity to maybe take the series today. But what does that mean? It means Rich Hill's going to have to pitch his ass off. The bullpen's going to have to not throw up on itself. And not for nothing, you're going to have to be able to hit Shohei Otani, who is going to start for the Angels today. And I'll say this. Look, at the same time, you can't – I don't want to take anything away from the Angels. Yes, the Red Sox bullpen stunk. This, though, is a very potent – offense. When these guys hit, look, we all know who Mike Trout is. We all know how good Shohei Otani is. We all know Anthony Rendon's a guy that, you know, is, is capable of hitting much better than he has in the last couple of years. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries. But Rendon hit a bomb yesterday, had a couple of hits. You know, so you know how good those three guys are in the middle of the lineup. Jared Walsh, very good hitter, had three hits yesterday, four runs batted in. This is a good lineup. So I don't want to just, you know, put it all and say, well, you know, this isn't losing to the Baltimore Orioles. What they did against the Orioles was even more heinous than what I saw last night. But we now know that Garrett Whitlock has to stay. In the rotation, and by the way, we got. It looks like we got our feedback up on Facebook. Um, but w- but Garrett Whitlock has got to stay in the rotation. Period. Period. And they've got to continue to stretch him out. And you got to you've got to get him up so that he is to be able to throw 100 pitches in a game, so you can leave him in for six or seven innings. The problem with Whitlock is, is that he strikes out guys, which means he's going to throw more pitches. It takes more pitches to to strike out a guy uh, than it does to to get ground ball outs. But if you get him up so he's consistently able to throw 100 pitches and he can get you into the sixth or seventh inning, that's what you need. And you put him and Evaldi at the top of that rotation, I feel pretty good about things. And if Michael Walker continues to do what he's been doing, and and for God's sake, please let him throw more than 60 pitches, I'd really appreciate it. You know, it's time for Alex Cora to stop with the matchups thing. And like, well, we like to, you know we, we, we're, you know, we took Walker out because of matchups. It's time to stop that crap. With this bullpen being what it is, you don't have that luxury. There isn't a good matchup for this Red Sox bullpen. Not when you can't throw strikes or not when you're throwing meatballs down the middle of the, uh, of the plate like Matt Barnes did last night. Just Disgusting. So, they still have a chance to win the series, you know, but I just, at this point, I, I don't even know, uh, you know, again, I, I said they were going to be a fourth-place team. They are going to be a fourth-place team. I I expected them to not be this bad. I thought all four of those teams, the top, in the top four teams in the American League East, would all be over 500. And if the Red Sox don't figure this out, they're not going to be over five hundred. I don't care whether Chris Sale's coming back in June or July and whether James Paxton's coming back to pitch from the Tommy John surgery in June or d- July, I don't care. If they can't figure out this bullpen, it is it you could have uh, you know, Roger Clemens in his prime. It's not gonna matter. Because unless he's gonna pitch nine innings, they're not gonna win games at the way things are going with this bullpen. They can't continue to blow these saves. It's crazy. And those of you that are like, well, Josh Taylor's on his way back. Well, Josh Taylor had a setback in his rehab assignment. And not for nothing, you know, Josh Josh Taylor, you know, uh, ain't exactly, uh, you know, a fireballer coming out of that bullpen. This is, Josh Taylor is not the answer to the Red Sox problem in a bullpen. The answer to the Red Sox problem in a bullpen is coming up with a closer. Maybe that's Tanner Houck, figuring out what the hell is wrong with Matt Barnes and getting Jake Diekman to figure out where the strike zone is again. But, you know, if they don't, you know, they're going to be out of this thing before the All-Star break. And I I saw somebody made a comment this morning, and he may not be wrong. The way things are going, Xander Bogarts could be in another uniform before this season's over. If the Red Sox find themselves 15 games back, you know, at the All-Star break or at the trade deadline, And they haven't been able to reach an extension with Xander Bogarts? Don't be surprised if Xander Bogarts is playing shortstop for some other team before the end of this year if the Red Sox don't figure this out. And I hope that doesn't happen because I still have hope the Red Sox are going to figure out a way to keep Bogarts in a Red Sox uniform. I think having Trevor Story at second base has made Bogarts a better player defensively because he doesn't have to cover as much ground. And we all know what he can do offensively. So I still have hopes that they're going to figure a way to keep him in 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 the uniform. But if they're out of this thing, well, the way Hein Bloom operates, you know, on that uh, uh, that Tampa mode, uh, he's out of there, and they'll bring back you know four prospects for him. I hope that doesn't happen. You know, and, and it by the way, it's not going to get any easier after this, this series. They got the Chicago White Sox coming in next, and the White Sox seem to have righted the ship. They won again yesterday, and they're going to have Ivaldi, Pavetta, and Waka going against the White Sox this weekend. So, look, you better win that game today, but Rich Hill's got his work cut out for him with Shohei Otani on the other side. You know, the Red Sox bats are starting to come alive, so, you know, you have some hope. Otani's never started in Fenway Park, so, you know, maybe that will give him some issues. But I'm telling you, it's just uh, (laughs) – it's soul-crushing watching this Red Sox team. You you know, you're winning a game, and you you don't want to get too excited, although I was. I thought – I had that game in the books. I was ready (laughs) – You know, my wife and I are getting ready because she had to be up early this morning and I said I'd get up with her. So I was, you know, ready to go to bed and, like, I was going to bed and I was going to be a happy camper. And instead, I went to bed cursing. (laughs) And my wife said, what time do the Red Sox play tomorrow? I said, they play in the afternoon. She said, thank God it'll be over before I get home. (laughs) Because... I know I'm not a lot of fun to be around when when they're playing the way they are right now. It's just it's it's just crushing. Uh, the good news is, I guess, if you want to say there's good news, uh, the Yankees lost. They finally got cooled off. The Toronto Blue Jays uh, managed to take the third game in that series, so they don't they they don't get swept. They beat the Yankees two to one. They stopped the 11 game winning streak that the Yankees had. Uh, But the Yankees are still two and a half ahead of Toronto. Look, the Red Sox are already eight back of the Yankees. Think about that. Right? We're not, what what are we? We're 25 games into the season, and you're eight games back already. And you're five games back of Tampa, who's in third place. That's where we're at, folks. In the first damn month of the season, you're already eight back. You've lost seven out of ten. Yankees lose 2-1. to one. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi with his best appearance so far for uh, Toronto since coming over as a free agent. Six innings, just three hits and a run. Uh, the run he gave up was a uh, home run to Joey Gallo, who was back in the lineup yesterday. First pitch he saw from Kikuchi, he took it out, his third homer of the season. Uh, and then a great job out of the bullpen. Got a little bit exciting in the ninth. Um, Yankees got a couple of guys on against Jordan Romano, their closer, but Romano gets out of it and uh, picks up his 12th save of the season. Think about that. The Red Sox have had 12 save opportunities. They've managed to save just five of them. Jordan Romano is 12 for 13 for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Nestor Cortez got the start for the Yankees. uh, Walked four guys and gave up four hits in four innings. Only gave up a couple of runs, but... uh, couldn't find the plate. His control was not there. The bullpen did a good job to keep it close, but it was uh Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, with an RBI in the bottom of the third inning, and after that, no runs were scored and barely any hits were <laughs> were seen. Uh, so uh, this game, by the way, played in a, like a tidy two hours and forty four minutes. Like to see that. Uh, so the Yankee eleven game winning streak is over uh, as they fall two to one, but the Tampa Bay Rays win. So Tampa now five games over 500. they They're just a half a game behind Toronto. Uh, The Rays beat the Oakland Athletics 3-0. Corey Kluber got the start for the Rays, and uh, Kluber's six shutout innings allowed just three hits. Struck out seven, walk one. Got a no decision. Frankie Montas uh, was even better for Oakland. He went seven scoreless innings, four hits, struck out six. Uh, This one was uh, decided late. Uh, A three-run eighth inning for Tampa. You know, this was a game that, uh, uh, again, played very quickly. Love it. You know, that's one thing. I mean, you like to see this one was played in two hours and 39 minutes. There's not a pitch clock yet, but uh, for some reason, uh, guys are starting to to work a little bit quicker. and, And, you know, the pitchers really do seem to be ahead of the hitters right now by and large, unless you're the Red Sox bullpen. But a, gay, a great performance for Corey Kluber yesterday. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, did you see, uh, I'm sure you, everybody saw by now, uh, the uh, the highlight from the other night, the Yankees-Blue uh, Jays game on Tuesday uh, when a uh, Aaron Judge hit a home run and uh, was caught by a Blue Jays fan who immediately turned and gave it to a young kid that was uh, seated right near him that was wearing an Aaron Judge Yankees uh, T-shirt. And the kid, like, lost it, started crying, hugged the guy. Yesterday, uh, they had the kid down on the field, as well as the guy that, uh, uh, that caught the ball and gave it to the kid. Great. I mean, this is I mean it's just wonderful. I mean, Aaron Judge met with the kid, and uh, Aaron Judge got – he said he teared up a little bit. I mean, when he asked who his favorite player is, and the kid said, you are, and, you know, I mean – and then George Springer of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays signed a jersey and gave it to the Blue Jays fan uh, that gave the kid the ball. And then the Yankees um, gave uh, is going to fly that guy down with his, I guess, with his wife or somebody uh, down to New York. That when Toronto comes to town the next time. And he's going to be able to sit out in the uh, uh, the judges' chambers or whatever the hell they call it, where uh, Aaron judges fans sit out in the outfield. Uh, he's going to be seated in there, courtesy of the New York Yankees. So it's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's you know that's, that's the kind of stuff you love about baseball. Um, oh, by the way, in that uh, Rays A's game yesterday, huge crowd, huge crowd, forty eight hundred people. <laughs> Three game series drew ten thousand one hundred people. For three games, so averaging just a little over, uh, you know, thirty-three hundred or thirty about thirty-four hundred people a game. Oh my God! Uh, they by the way they are last in the majors in attendance. If that's not not much of a surprise there. But um, and then the A's uh, have a day off today. Uh, they head to Minnesota, so they'll be able to actually play in front of some fans. They start a series in Minnesota on Friday. Uh, the Rays have a four-game series uh, starting tonight. They are in Seattle uh, tonight. Shane McClanahan is going to get the start uh, for the Rays in that one tonight. It's 32 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 34 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. Going to be a warm one down here in southwestern North Carolina today. Supposed to get up to about 85 degrees. Unbelievable. I tell you what, I, I'm i so happy living down here. Uh, supposed to be uh, in the Atlanta area today. Supposed to be over 90 degrees. So uh, very warm for the first week of May. Um, by the way, Mother's Day coming up on uh, Saturday. Don't forget, take care of your moms uh, this, uh, uh, this weekend. Um, the Mets got cooled off as well yesterday. Uh, Adam Duvall. Uh, with a two-run double in a seven-run sixth inning for the Atlanta Braves. They beat the Mets 9-2. Tyler McGill got the start. Uh, not a great one for him, uh, although the bullpen was hideous. Adam Adovino couldn't get an out. Gave up three runs, couple of hits, walked the guy. Um, but Ian Anderson pitching in New York right near where he grew up. Uh, he grew up uh, in uh, in New York in Clifton Park. I mean, it's a couple hours north, but still, he grew up in New York uh, went five and a third, five hits, just one run. Uh, picks up his third win of the season and the uh, pretty good job by the Atlanta bullpen. After that, Gil Haridia with a home run for Atlanta in this one. Also made a, uh, a home run saving catch as well. So um, uh, the Braves right the ship, at least temporarily. Uh, they get the win yesterday over the Mets, nine to two. Uh, so the Mets now with a four and a half game lead. Uh, eighteen and nine. Atlanta still three games under five hundred. Um, as I said, I'll be in Atlanta on Tuesday to watch the Red Sox take on the Braves, and uh, it's looking like it's going to be two teams that are going to be under five hundred when I see that one. But uh, uh, the Mets have a big series uh, coming up this weekend—a four-game set in Philadelphia. Taiwan Walker. Uh, will take the mound for the Mets. Uh, he's only thrown seven innings so far this year, but he's allowed just two hits over those first seven innings. Uh, but it is going to be his third start uh, this season. So a uh, big one. The Phillies need to get things figured out as well. Uh, they are 11-14. and 14. Uh, One thing in this uh, Braves game yesterday, Marcelo Zuna struck out looking in this game. Well, you say, so what? Marcelo Zuna struck out looking on three pitches that were balls. I'm not kidding. Uh, Now, were they borderline pitches? Kind of. But when you look at the the pitch track data, all three of them were balls. Two of them were low, and one of them was outside. Three straight pitches, uh, and it was – I'm trying to remember who the home plate umpire was. I think it was – I think it was Brian O'Nora. It was three straight pitches out of the strike zone: strike one, strike two, strike three. <laughs> uh, Ozuna obviously had some words afterwards. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't get run, but uh, yeah. And, and I and I have said all along, I do not want to see robot umpires ever. You know. We we can we can argue all you want about the designated hitter versus the pitcher hitting, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I, You know, and and I know no, you know, nobody wants to see pitchers hit. I get it. Uh, so I've come around with that one, but I don't ever want to see robot umpires. We, I don't want to take away the human element of the game. We've already done so much of that in so many other sports. We're replaying everything to death please, for the love of God, let's not have robot umpires. But, you know, unfortunately, for people that are proponents of robot umpires, you look at what happened to Marcelo Zuni yesterday, and it's hard to argue against. I get it. But I I just, you know, I I hope that doesn't happen. Um, Feel-good story of the day. Yesterday, Mike Clevenger makes it back onto the mound for the San Diego Padres. Uh, He had not pitched in a couple of years uh, because of Tommy John surgery. Uh, Results were mixed. I mean, he was just happy being on the mound. It was kind of cool that he went against his old team, uh, the Cleveland Guardians. Of course, when he played for them, they were the Cleveland Indians. Uh, But he goes four and two-thirds, four hits, three runs. He walked three guys. Uh, But just the fact that he was back on the mound uh, again, and he was very emotional. Uh, his team ended up winning the game. He, he needed to get one more out, and he could have been the pitcher of record in this one, but he was in a jam, and the manager came and got him out. He tried to lobby his way into letting him get out of the inning, but uh, no such luck. So they take him out, and uh, but the Padres end up winning the game. Uh, Taylor Rogers picks up his tenth save of the season. Zach Blisak takes the loss uh, for the Guardians. So that was game one of the doubleheader. In the second game, the Guardians come back. They win that one six to five. Uh, and uh, the bullpen for the Padres let him down in that one. Craig Stammen came out of the bullpen, uh, struggled a little bit. Cal Quantrill got the start for the Guardians. was pretty good, just three hits and three runs over six innings. Uh, but then a great job by the Cleveland bullpen after that. And uh, they beat the Padres 6-5 to five to split that doubleheader. But uh, just great to see Clevenger uh, back on the mound. Uh, the Padres have a weekend series coming up uh, against the Miami Marlins. Uh, Nick Martinez is going to get the start uh, in the opener tonight. Uh, the Guardians uh, head up to Toronto. Aaron Savali, a uh, kid who uh, played Little League baseball in uh, East Windsor, Connecticut, where my kids grew up. Matter of fact, he's a. Uh, uh, my youngest daughter, Hannah, uh, went to school with him uh, in, in her younger years before she ended up going to a magnet school. Uh, one of my best friends uh, coached him in Little League. Uh, and he's been pretty good, but he has struggled so far this year. Uh, he's 0 2, and he's got an ERA north of 6. So, uh, uh, just on a, uh, a personal level I'm kind of hoping uh, Aaron uh, turns it around. Uh, other games around Major League Baseball yesterday the Cardinals win 10 nothing over the Royals. That's not necessarily a surprise, but I'll tell you what is a surprise. Adam Wainwright. Guy's what, 39 years old? 7 shutout innings. Not just shutout innings, one hit innings. Only struck out two, walk one. Picks up his third win of the season and you know, he just he just keeps rolling. Uh Bubic got the start for Kansas City, got one out. He was out of the game. Gave up three hits, a couple of walks, four runs, and see ya. Uh and uh then uh, they they kinda added on late uh against that uh Kansas City Bullpen. The Cardinals scored five runs in the last three innings to blow this one wide open, uh ten nothing. So St. Louis now fourteen and ten. They are two and a half games behind uh the Milwaukee Brewers. Um and then there's the, you know, I you know I, I bitch about the Red Sox, and rightly so. But it could be worse. I could be a fan of the Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Reds yesterday lost to the Milwaukee Brewers, eighteen to four. Rowdy a couple of homers, uh, drove in eight. Matter of fact, not only did he drive an eight and have have two home runs, he almost had a third home run. He almost had a second grand slam in this game. He missed it by a foot. It went off the top of the fence. He was that close to having two grand slams and ten runs batted in in the game. Uh, Colton Wong also had a homer. Uh, By the way, those eight RBI by Roddy Tellez, that's a franchise record for most runs batted in in one game. Um, But if you are a Reds fan, I mean, think about this. They are 3 and 21. 24 games and you have won 3. <laughs> they have lost 8 straight, 19 of the last 20, and they are 13 and a half games behind first place, and they've played 24 games. That, ladies and gentlemen, is just brutal. And not only that, your best player Offensive player, Joey Votto, who's – well, and Joey Votto struggled to start the year, but he's still your best player. He's on the COVID list, so it ain't getting any better for a little while. 3-21. Uh, and 21. Oof. Uh, The Diamondbacks win yesterday. They beat the Marlins 8-7. Uh, not necessarily a surprise there. What was a surprise, Madison Bumgarner got the start for the Diamondbacks. Lasted one inning. At the end of the first inning – uh, he's coming th- th- where they do that foreign substance check to make sure you don't have any stuff on your glove or on your hands or anything like that. And while that check is going on, the umpire doing the check threw him out of the game. It wasn't because he had a foreign substance on his glove or on his hand. It was because he, uh, Bumgarner, was not happy with the home plate umpire, Ryan Willis, or Ryan Willis, I'm sorry, uh, on some balls and strikes call in the first inning. And as he was walking off, he... he uh, had some things to say to Wills, but it wasn't Wills doing the check. It was Dan Bellino, and Bellino is, like, staring. The entire time he's doing the check, he's just staring in the eyes of Bumgarner, and he's, y- and he's yakking, and it was Dan Bellino, the umpire, who escalated this thing and started going after uh, Bumgarner for yelling at the home plate umpire. And, of course, Bumgarner starts yelling back, and the next thing you know, he's ejected. Uh, he had to have a couple of his uh, his teammates restrain him because he was ready to punch Bellino right in the face. But this was a case where the umpire clearly escalated this thing. Clearly. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, but as it turns out, uh, Diamondbacks win the game over the Marlins anyway, 8-7. to seven. Uh, The Pirates and the Tigers split a doubleheader. Nobody cares. Uh <laughs> Well, my friend Paul Arnold will care. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry, Paul. Uh, but uh, the Tigers uh, split the doubleheader. But the Tigers are eight and 15. Uh, the Pirates are 10 and 14. Neither team's going anywhere this year. So, as I said, outside of Paul Arnold, uh, nobody cares. Um, uh, the Astros beat the Marlins yesterday, 7-2, and Justin Verlander, uh, who missed last year, uh, obviously is okay. Another great performance by Verlander. Six and two thirds, uh, five hits, just two runs. He struck out three, didn't walk anybody. Has lowered his ERA to one point nine three. Uh, picked up his third win of the season, and the Astros beat the Marlins uh, seven to two. So Houston now a game and a half behind the Angels. Uh, and the Mariners are now three and a half back and one game under 500. But it's great to see Justin Verlander. Look, it's good for baseball whether you're whether you like the Astros or not. And there's a lot of again, there's one of those teams that a lot of people hate now because of the whole cheating thing. But uh, uh, it's good for baseball when you're when you know you you're longtime aces, guys like Scherzer and guys like Wainwright and guys like Justin Verlander are pitching well. It's good for the game. Uh, the White Sox beat the Cubs yesterday. Uh, the Cubs had a 3-1 lead early, but uh, home runs by Jose Abreu, Lurie Garcia. Uh, the difference here, Lucas Giolito, great start yesterday, struck out 10, worked into the sixth inning, uh, so the Cubs have now won a couple in a row, and they're starting to get things going. I thought for a little while that maybe uh, Tony La would be on the hot seat, but that's a very talented White Sox roster, uh, and they're getting things going. The Giants yesterday – uh, lose to the Dodgers for the second straight day, 9-1. to one. Mookie Betts, Max Muncie, home runs. Uh, uh, Brandon Crawford had the only uh, run. Matter of fact, the Giants led early because Brandon Crawford hit a home run. After that, it was all over. Freddie Freeman had a two-run triple in this as well, and the Dodgers uh, continue to roll. They win that one 9-1. to one. Uh, And um, we talked about Kelsey Whitmore the other day, the uh, young lady who uh, was the first – woman to start a game in the Atlantic League. She started in the outfield, went 0-2 uh, at the plate, uh, got hit by a pitch. Uh, yesterday, she became the first woman to take the mound in an Atlantic League game. Made a relief appearance uh, for the Staten Island Ferryhawks. They lost 3-1 to to Lexington. Uh, but not only did she appear in the game, here's the amazing part. Eduardo Alfonso, who is the manager Brought her into the game in a 3-1 game with the bases loaded and two outs. So they brought her out of the bullpen in a about as high a leverage situation as you can get. You're trying to stay in the game. And guess what she did? First pitch, ball one. Called strike, called strike, one and two count. She gets uh, Ryan Jackson to fly out to right field. And guess what? Gets out of the jam. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, so, you know, now the, her team couldn't come back to win the game, uh, but uh, good for Kelsey Whitmore, the first lady to go in and uh, and pitch um, in the Atlantic League again. I'm I'm not sure we'll see it in Major League Baseball in my lifetime, but uh, uh, good for her. You know, as the as the father of daughters, uh, I love to see stuff like that. It is 48 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take a break. Got a couple more things to talk about, and then uh, we'll get out of here this morning. Back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 51 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Thursday morning. Uh, so, at the beginning of the Red Sox game last night, I was flipping back and forth. It was game two uh, of the playoff series between the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. So, uh, I wanted to see if the Bruins could bounce back, and the answer is no. Uh, look, uh, the Bruins' season's over. <laughs> I mean, look, they're, they're down 2-0 in this playoff series, so it's not technically over. It's a best-of-seven, obviously. Um But the Hurricanes showed last night why they beat the Bruins all three times in the regular season, and the Bruins just have no answer. Uh, Not only uh, is Carolina faster than the Bruins, they out-hit the Bruins. It it was a bit of a chippy game, but Carolina showed not only are they fast, uh, they can play a very physical game as well uh, and succeed. And one of the things that happened in the physical game – the Bruins kind of lost their composure last night. They got themselves into uh, not only that, not only short-handed uh, three times. The Hurricanes in this game had five on three power plays. I mean, look, I mean, you're. It doesn't matter whether it's regular season or playoffs. It, you know, you give up five on three advantages, you're going to lose. Uh, Carolina was 2-for-9 on the power play, but they had 12, almost 13 minutes of power play time. Think about this. They were on the power play for about 20% of the game. Uh, Bruins only had uh, 6 minutes and 40 seconds of power play time last night. So uh, Carolina just beat the Bruins at every uh, part of this game. And, I, you know, look, they're heading back to Boston for the next couple of games. It's not going to make a damn bit of difference. Uh, game three is Friday night, uh, and the other part of the uh, that's going to hurt them last night uh, was uh, Hampus Lindholm, who came over uh, in a, uh, a trade to the Bruins late in the season, uh, took a shot to the chin uh, from the shoulder uh, from the shoulder of uh, Andre uh, Sveshnikov last night and got a concussion. Not only is he out for Game 3, there is a better-than-average chance that even if the Bruins were to find a way to advance in this series, uh, he's probably out for the rest of the playoffs. It was not good. Uh, You could see when they were trying to carry him off the ice that it wasn't good. But, you know, I guess, I guess uh, the Bruins did me a bit of a favor because they were down 2 nothing eight minutes into this game. So I didn't have to spend a lot of time switching back and forth because you could see the way the game was going. And uh, the Hurricanes end up winning it 5-2. to So in the first two games of this series, they have outscored the Bruins uh, 10 goals to 3. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning bounced back last night. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-3 to even that series up. Of course, the Maple Leafs had one game, one of the series, 5 nothing. Uh, But last night, Andre Vasilevsky, 31 saves. uh, uh, Victor Hedman with a goal and three assists. The first four-point playoff game um, for him. And uh, the Lightning bounced back. Game three, Friday night uh, in Florida. Uh, So the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs kind of squandered a chance to uh, get a stranglehold on that uh, series. But uh, a a good win last night uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Trying to get a hold of Dan Zampano, our NFL guy. We're going to try to have him on to talk about the uh, recent NFL draft, some of the things the Patriots the Patriots. The draft has been panned by a lot of people, so uh, we're going to try to get a hold of Dan today, get him on the show tomorrow so uh, he can give us his take on that. We're going to leave you this morning with some music from Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton was just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is bizarre. You know, I mean, look, uh, uh, Dolly Parton is a country singer. Now she's had a lot of pop crossovers, but I would never say that Dolly Parton was a rock and roll singer. Uh, but there's a lot of people, obviously, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that, that cross genres. But uh, uh, she originally said she, uh, she thanked them for the, uh, for, the, for the honor of being nominated, but she didn't want to be considered. And they said, well, too bad. You kind to let the voters uh, decide. And then she kind of relented. And uh, she was elected to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, along with Pat Benatar, uh, Lionel Richie and a, and a bunch of other people. So, uh, Dolly Parton headed to the Hall of Fame. We leave you with Jolene this morning. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.